episode 118, and I'm your host, Bruce. I'm joined on the line once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? I am doing just fine. Things are starting to cool down in a, down here in Texas, and we're finally getting fall-like weather. So what do you mean by cool down? Like, What's cool for you? I mean, the, the record high today was 85, and for the most part, it... Most of the day, up until around one or two, like it was in around seventy six. Oh, that's not bad. Okay, so like that's pleasant. Like those are reasonable temperatures. Yep. Uh, here today it was like uh, seventeen degrees Celsius. So, um, what is that in Fahrenheit? Uh, sixty sixty three. So sixty three Fahrenheit uh, here, and kind of mixed bag of rain and sun and clouds and. It's a little messy, but but a good day. It was a nice day up here. Uh, but yeah, you definitely know autumn is in the air, and that uh, soon enough we'll be dealing with winter weather. So yeah, and they, oh from what they've been saying is that we're due for another winter like last year. Well, I mean, I just shrug my shoulders at that, but <laughs> I, I'm from Canada. I, I hope we don't get another winter down here like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I hope that 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 COVID gets lost, that we can yeah. enjoy the we enjoy a winter where we don't all end up getting sick a whole lot. That's my hope. Like the bad weather, like that comes to me. Bad weather is synonymous with winter time. All right, just that's just what it is. But if we get sick, that sucks more. So um, I'm pretty sure I'll be wear, starting to wear a mask uh, pretty shortly when I'm at when I'm at work. I haven't as of yet. Um, because um, we've been able to go outside so much and be able to get fresh air, but soon enough, soon enough, we'll have to be uh, all cooped up and people are going to get sick again. Flu- cold and flu season starts early up here. So, anyway, that's what sucks. Hey, did you notice, Lux, that last week I changed the, the intro music to to the show? And I did. Which is pretty cool. I kind of like the new the new track. I don't know. I have to work in on the like the the fade out at the end or or the or as it fades in before uh, the, we cut out for the end of the show. But um, I like it. I like the new track. I like sounds pretty good. Um, audience, you'll have to let us know if you like it or not. Do you like the new music or do you want me to go back to the old stuff? Um, I feel like uh, we need we need to freshen it up a little bit. Little little change of scenery might have been good for us. So. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think, if you liked it or not. Um, otherwise, what, anything, anything new shaking down in Texas? You know, how's the, is, the, are you, is your store bracing for the arrival of, the, uh, of Warhammer 40K and, uh, and the Infinity stuff? I mean, like, we might get a little bit of it, but no thing. Due to, like, and... Uh... The uh, customer reactions to it, odds are we're, they might carry one or two things of it, but it's not going to be something we're going to be making a deal, big deal out of. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I know up here there are a number of people I've spoken to that are excited for the Warhammer decks. Less excited about the stuff for Infinity. But then again, I walk into a store and the and the, all the buzz at the tables is they're all talking uh, Infinity. So I don't know, I don't know. So anyway, 
we're going to talk Infinity tonight, folks, so uh, buckle in. Um, but before we get on to that, let's get into some housekeeping. All right, so folks, if you like what you hear on the show every week, you can always find us at thelotuscouncil.com. That's where all the back shows, you can go find the whole repository of tracks, is right there at, for free at thelotuscouncil.com. Uh, but you can also find far more than that. So I know in the Discord, they're getting ready for doing a box break for Dominaria United. Um, you know, things happen, and we, as much as we all like to box break, you know, right away, as soon as the set drops, um, our, our dear friend Liam, who's been on the show a number of times, uh, his little one uh, ended up having an accident and breaking his arm, and so obviously uh, Liam has to be dad instead of cracking packs. Um, but they'll get to a bo- they'll get to the, the box opening here soon enough, I'm sure. Um, but lots of other cool things going on in the Discord too. So come and check it out. The Discord link is right in the show notes, so you can join us there at thelotuscouncil.com and uh, join us uh, in in the community. All right. So uh, yeah, come and check it out for yourself. Tonight there, Lux, our show is broken up into three sections. We're going to do Garbage or Great. Uh, then we're going to talk about some Infinity cards and talk about the Infinity set more broadly. And then we'll move on to a deck tonight. We're going to brew up Shauna, uh, who is a Bant-colored commander from Dominaria United. So let's get down to business, Lux. For Garbage or Great tonight, the Scryfall Random Generator gives us Reflex Sliver. Three and a green for a creature sliver. It's a 2-2, and it says all sliver creatures have haste. So, what do we think, Lux? Garbage or great? You know, who doesn't love haste? Especially if you're doing a travel deck, and this gives all the creatures haste. Yeah, um, I agree. So, Haste is, I would, would, would you say haste would be in like sort of the top three abilities you would want to find on a, on a card in Commander? Like of all, all those vanilla ones, like thinking about them like Vigilance or First Strike or whatever. I mean, I can think of like Flying might be better and Trample might be more sought after than, um, than Haste. Would you agree? Yeah, but you knowing they can haste, you know, they, your creatures come out swinging. Exactly. So, I mean, it's right up there. If it's not the best, it's in the top three for sure. So this is a very powerful ability. And if you're playing a sliver, now you're playing a deck where every creature you cast is a sliver. They're all going to get this benefit. So that seems really, really good. Um, now, it only ever is going to go in a sliver deck, isn't it, Lux? Yep. Like, it's never going to go in your... Like in any other deck, other than some of those sliver commanders. Um, now here, I also put the um, the EDH Rex stats on it. So it appears in 2010 decks, which is not a ton, but look at the usage rate. So Sliver Legion, it appears in like 42% of decks. Uh, if you're in uh, the Sliver Hive Lord, it's almost 27%. So like. Think of like a third of all decks play play this in Sliver Hive Lord. You get to the first Sliver, and we're talking like 18%. And then Sliver Queen, it drops to like 11.5%. And then Sliver Overlord, we're talking 11% again. So all five of those are Slivers decks. Like five color Sliver good stuff. Uh, the other two commanders are like more out of the frost and more fun. 
And Morphon is just like code for I'm playing slivers with another commander that's not a sliver. So, but all the all five of the sliver commanders really want to play this. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like this seems like it's little even slightly underrepresented in those decks. But those are pretty good usage rates in those decks, right, Lux? Yeah. So I'm feeling like this is a pretty great card if you're in a sliver deck. And if you're playing this, this is going to be hot. Your deck, your, your creatures, your slivers are going to come pouring out. They're all going to have haste. Um, you're going to, you know, get some pretty good value out of it. Now, if this is get played onto an open board, it's not so good. Because it's just a thing. But as with any sliver deck, if you are allowed to pile up the creatures and pile up the abilities on your creatures, then this thing could be really, really good. So I think it's great uh, in, a, in a tribal sliver deck. Anywhere else, I would not play it, but that's okay. I wouldn't dream of playing it in, a, in another deck anyway. So, Lux, what about you? Final, final verdict, garbage or great? And I'm probably going to stay on the fence about this one, because I mean, they, it could be really great in a Slivers deck, but at the same time, it's I mean, that's basically all it's good in, so I, mean, I might just say it's garbage. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're allowed to disagree. That's fine. That's one of the nice parts about having our own show. We can do what we like. <laughs> Up next, uh, let's talk some Infinity cards. Okay, Lux, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment here. I'm going to get so, kind of soapboxy on us for a second, okay? You mind? All right. Okay. Oaks, I don't like this set. I don't think we needed it. I don't think we don't. Want, I don't think we wanted it. This is Mar- Meg, uh, Ro- uh, Mark Rosewater getting like excited to do his pet project, which is do unsets and have fun jokes in his cards. Okay. That's fine. Like if he wanted to do this as a joke set and have his have his inside jokes for it, cool. Have all the po- all the power to you, my man. You work hard at the Wizards of the Coast. You should have some fun making your cards and making it fun. What I don't want is that I wish I wish that it all it had all been silver bordered, Lux. All of it, not black bordered with an acorn hollow stamp. So if things have an acorn hollow stamp, which I'm going to be honest is not overly obvious when you're looking at the cards quickly, you don't necessarily know what's legal and what's not in other Eternal formats, including Commander proper. So, I don't like the way they did it. I think I said as much previously when we talked about Infinity. I like it even less now that I've seen the cards. Um, So, and I think the set was wholly unneeded. Ha! Unneeded, get it? Unneeded, because if if you had somebody who wanted to play Silver Border cards, you always had the capacity to do that. Through a rule zero conversation. It didn't need to be turned into black bordered cards that's now going to be turned around and used in Commander broadly and turned and used in um, in Legacy or in Vintage or other such formats. Like, I just don't care for it. I think it's, you know, really disappointing. Um, and while the art is cool, um, I'm not. I don't. I just don't. I just don't like the vibe. It's not the none of the themes appeal to me. As much as I understand many of the jokes, I don't really care for it. Um, 
so yeah, just the whole thing is a bit of a letdown to me as far as I'm concerned. Lux, how about you? How do you feel about the Unfinity set broadly? And it's like you said, man, they, the whole point behind Infinity, like unsets in general, is just for joke cards. Like, none of these should have been made st- they playable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you wanted to play one in Commander, you always could. You just have to go and like tell the other guys, hey, do you mind if I play this Silver Border card? Pull it out, show it to them, let them read it, let them understand like what sort of angle you're looking for. But... Like, now you, like, legitimately... And, like, some of these cards, like, that are legitimately legal to play, like, are kind of, like... If you don't know that this comes from an unset, you're like, what is this card? Like, why? This is the weirdest card ever. Anyway. Let's go through some of the cards. Like, we need to go through some of the cards, folks, because, unfortunately, because they are black-bordered, we are going to encounter them. So, if we don't at the very least ask to inform you then we're not doing our jobs as a podcast. But just know in the background, our opinion of some of these cards is not super strong because we kind of don't think they should exist as black-bordered cards. They, I would be very, they, had they been silver-bordered, no problem. Have all the ones you want. So, are you ready to go? Take us out, Lux. Read Comet Stellar Pup. Oh, Lux, we can't hear you. You were there, and now you're gone. <coughs> oh, there you are. There we go. All right, read us out. Comet, Stellar, Pop. Lead us off. For two red and white, Legend of the Planeswalker, Comet, starting out with five loyalty, and zero, and roll a six-sided die, one or two. And I can't really see what that is. So right it's there. a plus two. So, so if you roll a one or a two, you add two loyalty counters to Comet, and then create. Yeah, I, it, I think since like the card itself is meant to be foil, I can't really can they tell what some of the stuff is. So I'm looking at it on Scryfall, and if you read the the Oracle text to the right of it, you'll yep. be able to read discern it much better. All right, all right. So they one or two, they and a plus two. Then create two one one green squirrel creature tokens. They gain haste until end of turn. And a three and minus one. Then return a card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to your hand. Four or five. And the comet seller pup deals damage equal to the number of loyalty counters on him to a creature or player. Then minus two. Six plus one. And you may activate comet stellar pup's loyalty ability two more times this turn. Okay. So. <laughs> Audience, uh, yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. So this is them taking a random number generator and wanting to build it into a card. That's all they've done to this. And okay, it's kind of cute. It's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, and all those abilities are decent, I guess. Like if you roll a one or a two, you get some tokens. Okay, so roughly a third of the time you're getting some tokens. Sometimes you're going to be able to get a creature, something back with mana value two or less. If this were Legacy, that's probably more powerful than it is in Commander. Um, but you might be able to get a like a a, a shock land, sorry, a fetch land or an evolving wilds or uh, something else that's that's impor- important to you, but not crazy big. 
um, back from your graveyard. But you can't control it when you're, you can't predict when you're going to get it. So, I guess. Um, a four or a five, sometimes this is going to be a removal spell. So, one third of the time it's going to remove something. And then a six, you get to be silly and activate it two more times. So, like, yeah, it's just a, it's just a cute gimmick with a random number generator. And, I mean, sure, I guess it's not a big deal, but I think the problem with commanders, sorry, uh, planeswalkers and commander lux is that too many of them are not relevant enough to be played in commander. This one being so unpredictable in terms of what it offers is just going to detract from it being played unless you're playing the chaos deck where or you or you build the 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 dice rolling deck but i mean apart from that this is not a card i'm excited to play i don't want to build it particularly and i think the the abilities are are suspect because they are unreliable lux any other thoughts on comet stellar pup i mean like this is one of those cards that like it should have just remained silver bordered and like yes. this was entirely unneeded. Like, yeah, it's cute, but we didn't ask for it and we definitely didn't need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was un it, we do not need this card. And on top of it, they gave us four versions of the card. There's four different versions of the card with different art. Like I I don't know. Like it's fine. I'm sure people are gonna fool around with it and have fun. I'm sure the dice rolling deck, whatever it comes together, is going to be fun. But I'm not, this is not for me. Um, this deck this seems too unreliable and just cutesy. So I'm, 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 I'm moving past it. All right, next. This one is a card with acorn on it. And I want to give you a sense for what sort of the acorn cards are like. And this one is pretty, pretty interesting. Okay. Exit through the Griff Shop. Two and a black sorcery. Yell, who wants a souvenir? And announce the name of a non-land card in your graveyard. Lux and I yell, I yell, Sakura Tribelder. Each player in an ungame who can hear you may bid life. So that means people that are outside our pod using un unset cards which I guess is what the definition of an ungame is, um, I can bid life now and start the bidding at zero. The higher high bidder loses life equal to the high bid. They copy the card and may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. If you didn't win the bid, you gain life equal to the high bid and create that many treasure tokens. Like, this card is just silly. Like, there's no other way to put it. I mean, it's kind of a neat effect. But could you imagine if you're sitting at an LGS yeah. Lux and you yell, who wants a souvenir at your table? Because all of you are playing with un uh, unset cards. And the next pod, three tables over, happens to hear you and they're doing the same thing. And they go, uh, I'm going to, now you have people from outside your game impacting your game. Like this just seems like it's fun if you're playing for a laugh and a fart in a game with all infinity cards. But if this could be, like, there's somebody who's going to put this in a, in a deck because it's black bordered and they're not going to notice the acorn and they're going to make the mistake and they're going to do this 
And someone's going to, well, maybe not do this because they're going to read the card and say unset. But anyway, ungame. But anyway, like they could slide it in a deck and no one would be the wiser that this card is not totally on the legit until you get to the, like, you read the text box. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was just confusing. A confusing card to try and use, and I'm not sure it's an effect we really needed in the game at all. And they, they, some of the effect, yeah, no, they it would have been cool to see, like, in a standard legal card, you know, like the bidding part. But they, instead of yelling out to everyone and they, having people from outside your game join in, they maybe just, you know, and they, they play a card that has, like, this kind of, like, effect. And, like, you name a card and people can bid life on it. And something. Yeah. Basically, it's kind of like a double-edged sword where, like, the, you know, the person that wins the, the auction... You know, and they get to the card, and they get a copy of the card, but, you know, they, they lose life, and everybody that lost the auction it all gains life. Yeah, something like that, and, and, like, and, like, you get, and you're rewarded with life and treasure. Anyway, I think it could be, it could have been worked as a legit card. I don't love this yeah. as the way this is worded, so. But that's, I mean, they, this, they, this kind of effect, you know, like, I can tell you exactly which recent set it would have been right at home in. Like Streets of New Capenna. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You know, because, you know, like, it's all about organized crime. You know, like, a shady auction going on. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely spot on there. But, I, I mean, I just... Card... I don't know. doesn't do anything for me. I don't like it. I just don't like it. Up next, what do we got? Yeah. Magar, this is you, Lux. Oh, we can't, we can't hear Lux. Oh, there's Lux. <sighs> okay, Magar of the Magic Strings for one, a black and a red legendary creature mentor perform three three, and one in black and red. Note the name of the target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard and put it onto the battlefield face down. It's a three three creature with whenever this creature does combat damage to a player. You may create a copy of the card with the noted name. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. And if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile instead of putting it anywhere else. So this this doesn't feel like it, it's auto, this this is a card from Infinity. I think this is like manifest meets flashback, and it's kind of cool. I think this is a cool. It, I think this is a cool. It's basically like it's basically like a legit card, but with silly art on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like if you had changed the art on this card, this could have gone in any set and be just a perfectly reasonable, um, if a little complicated card. A card in the set. Um, I like it. Uh, I like the. You know what I like best about this Lux? That mm. you can use it repeatedly. There's no tap. It's just one black, red, and then a colon. And you could literally use, if you had, you know, nine mana, you could use it three times to make three three threes. And then, you know, and if, like, if you could deal combat damage with the creatures, like, you're set. But at the very least, you're yep. making bodies that are impacting the board, and it doesn't cost you to tap this thing. And so, and because it's making, oh, it doesn't make, to it's make a token? Uh, face down, so it's not a token. It's like a man. I wonder if it's a manifest, like a manifest token, where it's so it's not really a token. You can like play Jund and put like doubling season on. 
That'd be cool, right? Like, think, we'll have to yeah. read out the rules on this. If this is, um, if this is, if this makes tokens, or if this is, um, actually a, a creature that doesn't double on account of doubling season or other such effects. So, anyway, Magar, any other thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like it would definitely be cool to see this kind of card and become legit, like outside of Infinity. Yeah, I think it needs. To, I think it need, I would need new art for it to be really taken seriously. Yeah. And I think with new art, this this would be a really really powerful commander, or a really nice complimentary piece of the ninety nine for something. So I think it'd be yeah really yeah cool. maybe change the art to something like a little bit more dark since it is in the Rakdos color combo. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like instead of making it all like. This guy looks like he's gone to a rave. Like he's wearing all that neon on his horns yep. and his wrists and stuff. And looks like he's raving, like raving out, going crazy. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It seems, it seems, at least it seems like a useful card. I may not, you know. All right. <coughs> Next, we have Mira the Magnificent. Oh boy. This one's got a lot of text. Two red blue for a legendary creature human performer is a 2 4. Because whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, open an attraction. An attraction is um, an artifact that you can have, have to have a separate deck of attractions that you can draw from and now utilize. And they have an extra resource that's, affi- that's aff- affiliated with the set in the form of tickets. That is kind of like energy from Kaladesh. Anyway, X tap. XL target instant or sorcery with mana value X from your graveyard and choose... An attraction you control that doesn't have a midway counter on it. Put a midway counter on it. Whenever you 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 visit that attraction, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Um, I think more than anything, I think this card is unnecessarily complicated. Action piece like the. That extra deck of artifacts you now have to put in, put in your box of stuff you take with you to go play Magic next time, right, Lex? Like, think of yeah. I think this like, this is another one of those that we just didn't need. No, no, we didn't need it. And like, let's be real, things are getting harder and harder for us. Like, so now if you want to play a game of Magic, if you go to the store, you need a, you need your play mat, you need your dice, you need your tokens. You need your deck. You need your uh, your uh, monarch token. You need your city's blessing token. You need your dungeons. You need your initiative token. You need now. You need attraction tokens. Like guys, my support pieces for my stuff is going to be larger than my deck. Like I'm kind of not here for it. Like is the ability cool? Yeah, I guess. And obviously, it's going to be more impactful if you can untap it and use it multiple times in a turn. But let's be real, like, you need, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, anyway, it seems fine. I'm not excited. I'm not going to be building a, an attraction deck. Like, that's my honest opinion. I'm not building an attraction deck. So Mira is kind of out of luck. Out of luck. Out of luck. I mean. All right. Next, I think it's you. And next up, we have Space Bellerin. 
Oh boy. Like, like before I read it, all I can say is like, why? Seriously, why? Uh well, on top of the on top of the why, does he not look <laughs> like he's strung out on some sort of narcotic? Uh, yeah, he like, does. He looks like he's like high on something. So, like, the art's disconcerting. When did Jace turn white? Like, I don't know. Anyway, read the card. Let's figure it out. And for two, no, white and blue, you get Legend of the Planeswalker Jace with three loyalty. Static ability, Space Sculptor. Space Bellerin divides the battlefield into Alpha, Beta, and Gamma sectors. If a creature isn't assigned to a sector, its controller is assigns it to one. Opponents assign first. And plus one, creatures in each sector can be blocked this turn only by creatures in the same sector. Minus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature in the sector of your choice. Minus five, destroy all creatures in the sector of your choice. Um. I don't even know what to say. Like, that's not broken. But like, Totally unnecessary steps. Like, dividing the board in three. Sometimes things, like, they, like, like, you have to use the plus one, like, you can only block the creatures of the same sector, so I guess there could be, like, strategic choices made for where you're going to put your creatures in order to get maximum value from your attacks. I don't know, I just feel like the whole process is, like, not really useful like it's not it's not a card i'm excited to play uh it's fine i guess from the abilities i think they're kind of weird um i think the minus five is very underwhelming like you're going to blow up one third of the table probably so this is one of those cards where like i don't just ask why i ask what were you smoking you thought of this card yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, like, this card is just, it, it's in a stratosphere of, like, sort of, like, strange cards that if you told me it, it existed, like, today, like, oh, that card already exists, so, like, no, no, we didn't do that, did we? And then, very clearly, we are in the process of doing it right now, right meow, with Jace, also known as Space Bellerin, like, I don't know, like, I... Do you want to even build anything with this card? No. no. So, okay, great. All right, up next we have Blood Crypt. All right, so the this is the stand-in card for all of these Shocklands that have got printed in this set. All ten Shocks are printed with cool new interplanetary art, and they look fantastic, and uh, they're expensive. And if you get these art cards, like these different art styles in foil, I imagine they're going to be very expensive. I mean, like, if you ask me, like, these are probably the only good cards in the set. Oh, they know. That's why they're in here. They're going to sell the set. <laughs> like, that's what Wizards... Because there's, like, they, 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 they know that people are after dual lands like Shucks. They also know they haven't printed them since... Ravnica Allegiance. And Ravnica Allegiance yeah. was what, 2018? Like it was, yeah, in January 2019. Yeah, January 2019. So we got them in Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance 
in fall of 2018 and winter 2019. So that means it's almost been three years since we reprinted the the shocks. And I don't know if you've noticed, but they haven't stayed cheap. Like I think the cheapest one right now is a twenty dollar version. <coughs> so they're reprinting it because they can, and the things are going to be worth a lot of money. So sure, but they look beautiful. So if you're looking for neat versions. I would just pick up the singles, save yourself having to crack packs, and find some of the the sweet new, uh, sweet new shocklands. They look they look beautiful. They look, they really do. If anything, if nothing else, they look absolutely stunning, don't they, Lex? Uh, yeah, nothing. Yeah. If I had the money, I might just get these as singles. Exactly, but with like rent and Christmas and all that st- Thanksgiving and jazz, like yeah, uh, who really like. I mean, maybe you prioritize them, but I would probably aim for a cheap one of the cheaper versions of the shocks, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, they probably go for like the uh, like what like the return replica block shocks. Yeah, like I'm hoping that some of those like people want to upgrade and then like dump their 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 infinity sorry dump their return replica ones in favor of infinity ones and anyway we'll see. I have aspirations, but I'm not sure if the world's going to agree because sometimes shocks don't rematerialize in the market. They just stay stay there <laughs> and people play them in something else. Anyway, up next, Captain Rex Nebula. And for one, a red and a white legendary creature human pilot employee. And two, two. At the beginning of combat on your turn, target non land permanent you control becomes a vehicle artifact until end of turn. Its base power and toughness are equal to, are each equal to value. It has crew two and crash land. Whenever this vehicle deals damage, roll a six sided die. If the result is equal to this vehicle's mana value, it deals that much damage to any target, then sacrifice this vehicle. Um. To my thinking, this is like kind of like plays with Aster really well. The like Aster and this are buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that's really where my thought process ended. Damage any target, like it's fine. You need a way to recur those artifacts. Because Rex is going to make you like get rid of them, but anyway, it's fine. Are you excited for more red white vehicles, Erlux? I I might they might need to see this in play since it is legal. Yeah. Oh, well, for sure. Like, I mean, it's. I don't think it's going to do anything tremendous to the red white vehicle archetype but i guess it gives you another complimentary piece to go along with aster and everybody else so sure i guess then we have centaur of attention get it center of attention centaur mm, yes okay very witty three green green centaur performer with uh with three three uh power top is a three three when centaur of attention enters the battlefield roll five six-sided dice and store those results. So record them somewhere. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may re-roll any number of Centaur of Attention's stored results. 
Center of attention gets plus X plus X, where X is the greatest number of stored results on it for this for the same value. Uh, greatest number of stored results on it for the same value. So if like three appears more frequently, it gets. I don't know, man. Anyway, um, my view on it is like like more dice rolling and recording of values. This feels like a pain. This feels like a pain. It's five mana. It doesn't have trample. Does it? No, it doesn't have trample. Does it? No, it doesn't have trample. It doesn't have evasion. It's just a big dumb green thing. Are we are we playing more big dumb green things, Lux? Oh, and I will, but probably not. No, this. exactly. Like this card is fine. It's okay. It's interesting, I suppose. But anyway, <laughs> I'm like I'm kind of kind of over it. Anyway, so all right, what do we got next? We have clone card. Oh, I remember. And a, I remember, I remember for okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Like for X, you get an artifact vehicle one one. When clown car ends the battlefield, roll X six-sided die, dice. For each odd result, create a one-one white clown robot artifact creature token. For each even result, put a plus one plus one counter on clown car. Has crew two. I mean, this could be cool. Crew two is cool, I guess. Like it feels okay. We like it. I'm no, not so I'm, sure. I'm not sold on either. But just bear with me. What if I had Unbound Flourishing with this card? So, whenever you cast a permanent spell with a mana value that contains X, double the value of X. So let's imagine we go back to the clown car and. Oh, yeah, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, I guess it doesn't really matter in this instance. So, all right, so Clown Car, if you double X, let's say X is five, you're rolling 10 six sided dice. And you could flood the board with Clown Robot tokens or make the Clown Car big enough that you don't have to worry about it. So, I think the card could be useful and interesting. Don't think it's very good. Any other thoughts, Lux? No. And okay. not really. All right. Um, saw in half. This one I do like. Um, is this me? It's me to read this one, right? All right. Yep. So, saw in half. Two and a black. Instant. Destroy target creature. If that creature dies this way, its controller creates two tokens that are copies of that creature, except their base power is half that creature's power, and their and their base toughness is half their creature's toughness. Round up each time. This seems really good. Yeah, let me tell you, they this definitely they. This kind of effect definitely would have been at home in one of the recent visits uh, well, to Africa. I think, this card, I think this card would be like totally record. reasonable in a standard legal set. Like, I don't think this is, like, it's yep. powerful, 
but I don't think it's absurd. I think in Commander it's going to be abused. Um, but I don't <coughs> think it's... I mean, until I see that it's broken in half and is ruining games, I think the card seems like fun. Because, um, I mean, who doesn't want to have two of your favorite creature? Um, like, let's, for instance, let's go see top creatures. Let's see, see top... Uh, by type. Let's see top creatures that you want to saw in two. Like, um, I wonder if you could saw an Eternal Witness in two. Get some Eternal Witness eye. Seems good. Uh, multiple Dockside Extortionists. Right? I mean, right? That's do. Uh, that's get, that's got yep. my attention. Um, what else we got here? Multiple Sun Titans. What do you think of that one, Lux? Mm. Okay. How about a multiple solemn simulacrums? Seems. That seems and promising. Then, yeah, you definitely have yeah. some good stuff going. And like you put this with like a panharmonicon, and like you're off to the races. Right. Uh, what else we got? We got a. Yep. Double Avenger Zendikar triggers. And like so this is a this plays at instant speed. You do like you have your, your opponent tries to kill your Avenger Zendikar. In response to response to them killing it or trying to kill it, you can use this, you can say saw in half, cut it in two, make two more tokens, make a million things, and you know, play a land drop next turn or two. And just go ham. Like, it seems really good. How's this double gray, gray merchant of Asphodel? Huh. That seems gross, doesn't it? Yeah, they yeah, double Gary. Double Gary. No one really wants double Gary. But double Gary would be cool. So, there's lots of applications here. I think the deck is, I think the card is quite good um and is going to really pull its weight. There's a reason it's already twenty twenty three or twenty four dollars um because I think the card people other people have identified that as good too um all right, next we have is this mine or yours Wait, this is mine. go ahead. Okay, so like we have the most dangerous gamer for two of black and a green. Legendary creature, human gamer, guest, 2 2 with death touch. Whenever the most dangerous gamer enters the battlefield or attacks, open an attraction. Whenever you open an attraction, put a plus one plus one counter on the most dangerous gamer. Whenever you claim the prize of an attraction, destroy target permanent. This feels like there's too many. Self-referencing jokes for this to be legit playable anywhere other than in, in an unset. That's what I think. I mean, honestly, like I'm actually disgusted that it's in my favorite color combo. Like I'm like, ugh, because I'm never playing this card. Just, just no. There's just too money. You know, like. 
just like it just like it saddens me whenever I see like a uh, black green card that yeah, I don't want to play. Don't want to play because I think like I don't like. I like none of the words that are written on here. Like I like death touch. Sorry, that's the only word I like. But who wants to play a four mana two two death touch? Like, mm, like for four mana, at least do yeah, something yeah. better. Like this is going to take so much work to make it be good. I'm like a kind of out, kind of out on it. Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, don't play this one, folks. I think this one's bad. And fast forward six months, Lux. Watch this. Watch this be the top card. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah well, watch they, it be the best on. card in six months, right? Like it's the best. Like I hope not either. No, I hope okay. not. This I really one, hope oh, not. All right. Okay. Uh, DK Finder of the Lost. One bl- blue black legendary creature zombie employee. It's a one four. When DK Finder of the Lost enters the battlefield, open an attraction. Whenever you roll a two, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Whenever you roll a four, you may tap or untap target artifact or creature. Six, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So, like, okay. We've seen dice rolling matters in almost every color combination now. In fact, all five colors. Because the, yeah. the dog, that was red-white, and then there was the green one that rolled a whole bunch of dice, and now this one. So if you're building a dice-rolling deck, like you're now playing five-color dice? I don't know. I wish they had put the dice rolling in one color so that we could like pre- reasonably predict where the dice rolling goes. Locks, any thoughts here on this card? I mean, it's fine, right? Like, it's not... I'm not signing up to play DK Zombie Tribal. Because I'm going to try and aristocrat my opponents out by rolling the dice a million times. Like, it's just not how this is going to happen. So, yeah. Not a huge fan. Oof. All right. What, and we got uh, one more. Go for it. Oh. Okay, so like we have Grey Merchant of Alphabet. Okay. For three and, and uh, double black, you get Creature, Zombie Performer, two, four. When Grey Merchant of Alphabet enters the battlefield, choose a letter. For each creature you control that has the chosen letter in its name, you gain one life, and each opponent loses one life. So, it's Grey Merchant of Asphodel, but now it cares about letters. So, I actually feel like this one could be yep. a real card at some point. Like, I don't feel like it's yeah. as as egregious as some of the other abilities that we've seen. Um, and it's templated in, like, in a way that's not abusable <laughs> the same way Gary is, because you can only gain one life <laughs> For each instance of a creature um, that has been that has that letter R or whatever, sorry, the, the letter that you name. So I don't know. Like I don't actually mind this one. I think it could be could be playable in the future at some point. But yeah. I, I, I 
I'm lukewarm on a couple of these cards, including this one, and ice cold on others. Like I'm not rushing out for for a green merchant of alphabet. Any thoughts, Lux? No, and just nothing else. Boy. So like, yeah. Like we're gonna stop there, fuck folks. There's way more there's way more cards. I just picked ones that were predominantly uh the ones that were that were legal in Commander. And as opposed to looking at the acorns. You guys can look at other people will look at the acorns. I know that. We're looking at the like the cards that might actually get played. Um Yeah, like I said, I don't think the set needed to be produced. Um it feels like quite unnecessary. Um and not really desirable. Apart from those shocklands, those are stunning. Yeah, they. I have a feeling that they probably knew that this wasn't really going to be all that popular, so they put something oh, as no an doubt. incentive in it. So here's my thought, though, with this one. So there's probably a good chance to remind everybody that we've just had Dominaria United released like two weeks ago, and then we have uh, Warhammer 40k and Infinity releasing. Both of them are releasing October 7th. Like, that's, like, a month between releases. And we're getting two products, including this this set. Uh, and then we're going into, Mar- into November, and we're going to get the Brothers War. Like, does that not seem like, like a, lot of, a lot of product geared at us? So I think it this does. is a good chance to remind the audience you don't have to buy it. All right? You just because Wizards produces it, if you don't like it, if you don't think the cards <coughs> look cool, if you don't like the acorn, if you don't like other things, then you don't have to buy this. I want to stress that. Like you can choose to spend your your hard-earned dollars on something else. And so yeah, don't just say because this out, I have to buy it. I don't think I'm gonna be buying any of this product. I might buy a few odd single if there's something that like looks to be cheap and might be cool, but I'm not really putting a lot of effort into going to go and trying cultivating an understanding of infinity and how infinity works. Like it just feels Yeah, no. Just not doing it. So how about you on your end? Are you are you putting your uh, hard-earned money into this particular set? And no. And I admit that there are other like, product that I have not put my money into, like standard sets or like the special supplemental stuff. Like, especially like recent uh, releases, like the two Adventures in the Forgotten Realms in the sets. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I liked, I kind of liked Baldur's Gate a little bit. It was okay. But yeah, no, I understand. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, you don't have, and you don't have to, folks. If you don't like a set, don't spend money on it. I mean, I was that way with the, with the new Capenna. I didn't really like it that much. I didn't buy very much of it. You don't have to buy much. You can open a little bit, get a taste. Maybe you think it's not for you. Walk away. No harm, no foul. Like, you can go check it out. You can go and play test all your cards before you go buy. Do you know if you want to go and do that? Spend the money on the cards. Like, don't just throw your money away blindly, folks. 
like the world's going into a recession um and so <laughs> like you you need to stretch your dollar bills and that includes your hobby your hobby dollars so if i were you i would be looking at this very dubiously and yeah i don't know all right i'm skipping this set i'm moving on are you ready <laughs> okay we're gonna brew a deck yeah. tonight folks we're gonna brew yeah. shauna Oshana Purifying Blade is a Bant colored commander out of Dominaria United. So she's green, white, blue for a 3 3 legendary creature, human warrior with lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, you may pay X. If you do, draw X cards. X can't be greater than the amount of life you gain this turn. So you're getting Bant Life Gain. Okay. And she's got a draw engine built right into her, making her just fantastic. So, Lux, let's go look through the deck. Are you surprised by any of the creatures, which, um, let's be real, most of them care about life gain in some capacity or another? Yeah, I'm not really surprised, but like, there was one thing I'm surprised you didn't have in this in deck. So here's why. Aetherflux Reservoir is very expensive. And if we're a budget deck, a budget podcast where we're trying to help people conserve their dollars, um, we need to be responsible about how we tell our audience to spend their money. So Aether, you know what Aetherflux Reservoir costs right now? It's like $15, apparently. We can put it in. I mean, we are doing this as a thought experiment, so... We would probably put Aetherflux Reservoir in. Um, Aetherflux Reservoir. It says it says it's twenty one dollars here, here on this uh, this here thing. Um, what am I going to drop for it? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't that's think sort it would of be the hitch. I'm like, oh, that's kind of expensive for a card that is. Yeah, because like. I remember, like, when I was running it and uh, the deck, and like, it was only, like, well, $34. No, uh, yeah, so it's gone up in time quite a bit, quite a, quite a bit in money in terms of, because uh, lots of people are playing Weaponizing Life Gain, and so there it is. It's a high, hot commodity, and people are looking to play it. Anyway, we'll put it in the deck, because you're right. It probably should, as a, if nothing more, as a win condition. Um, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, the creatures all care about Life Gain for the most part. Uh, there's a few that are really interesting. So something like, um, yeah, just call cards of care about life gain. With the big spender being Heliod, the Sun Crowned, that card is just, you know, if you're playing life gain, it seems too good to pass up. Uh, sorceries, um, we have an alternative win condition in Approach of the Second Sun. Um, but also it, is, it has an incidental ability where it gains you life. And when it gains you life, you now have Shauna, who's going to trigger you to draw you more cards. Like, you may have been in a hole, but, like, Approach is going to dig you out of it, draw you some more cards, and away you go to the races. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, instants are, you know, more of the same. Like, we have some control elements here. Uh, we have some aggressive elements. It's, you know, it all seems pretty decent. I like March of the Multitudes. Um, because March of the Multitudes is just a good way to get lots of creatures on the battlefield. They all have 
lifelink, which just seems pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's just a thing. <laughs> um, artifact wise. Um, obviously, Aetherflux Reservoir and Cosmos Elixir are your two big tickets. Uh, Decanter of Endless Water is an interesting one because it makes you... Um... That's not the card. Where's, uh, where's Decanter of Endless Water? So you now have no, no hand size. Because I could well imagine Shauna is creating situations where people are trying to get in and out of stuff. And you're drawing cards. So... Decanter is going to help you have no maximum hand size. You're going to draw a lot of cards with Shauna, and away we go. Like, just seems good, and it acts as a mana rock to power you along. So I think the stuff is pretty good. And then, from enchantments, you've got that expensive authority of the consoles. You have uh, Cleric Cat class, which is very, very potent. Um, you get Dawn of Hope, which is going to draw you a lot of cards. Yeah, so and then land is pretty pretty typical. So Lux, if I told you this deck was one hundred and eighty four dollars, what do you think? I mean, like honestly, like that's probably not the highest and we've gone, but yeah, that's still, a little expensive. That's pretty expensive. We could go far higher though. You're right. Like we could, we've spent more before, but uh, this, this, this is a little on the expensive end for us on our show this week. Um, take it with a grain of salt. You can do some substitutions. You don't have to play uh, the eighth flux reservoir. If you don't want to, you, you know, don't, if you don't want to like, then let's find you doing something else. But yeah. That's my. Yeah, but like long, like long story short, like decks running blue mana, they they're gonna yeah, be on the expensive side. because you have because all those count all the goods counter spells are expensive. They cost money. Like they're not they're not nickels and dimes. They're dollars. So I was astonished that oh, where's the card? Um, where's my? There it is. Instance. An offer you can't refuse is two and a half dollars. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, that's the deck. Something to something to get your brain thinking about Shauna uh and how you might make her into uh, a fun and interesting commander. Yeah. Hopefully people like it and let us know or if there's other additions that you would like to see us put in the deck. Um let me know. Send us a shout out on Twitter and we'll see what we can do. Let's have a little collaboration there with it. All right. Okay, Loxy ready to sign off here. Say goodnight. All right, so that's going to wrap up this week's show. Yep. Thanks very much, everybody, for stopping in and spending some time with us. Uh, if you want to leave us some feedback, you can always reach out to us on social media. Um, our email is theepicexperimentpodcast at gmail.com. That link is in the show notes, so you can absolutely go find us. If you want to find us on Twitter, if that's your preferred method, uh, you can find us at the uh, Epic EXP Cast. That's at Epic EXP Cast on Twitter. Uh, also the same on Instagram at Epic EXP Cast. Uh, we have uh, you, you can always find all of our decks over on Moxfield um, under the username the Epic Experiment Podcast. And as always, if you like to want to leave us a question, like a, leave a comment, like follow, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Um, it's always appreciated. Uh, every little word out there that we're here, we're making content for you guys each and every week is appreciated and helping us get a little bit further along. So thanks very much. Um, 
until next week, next week we're going to be talking about some more um, whatever else is coming down the pipe. Maybe we might uh, stop in the near future and have a look at some Brawl, too. Now that Dominator United has shaken up the Brawl format, we haven't spent a lot of time on that in a long time. So it might be a good opportunity to come back and circle back and visit it. So, yeah. But until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a great one. Talk to you next time.